So before we get started, there is a trigger warning for this episode as we are talking about eating disorders. So if you feel that you're struggling with your relationship with food and you're wanting to seek help, a great place to start is the Butterfly Foundation or with your doctor or an eating disorder specialized health professional. Hello and welcome to the Embody Health Podcast. We're Kira and Meg, your dietitian BFFs. We're here to help you break free of diet culture, become besties with food and find peace with your body. Welcome back to another episode of the Embody Health Podcast. You're here with your Embody Health dietitians, Kier and Meg, and today we're chatting all about good and bad foods. Take it away, Meg. All right. So what are the terms that make us cringe as dietitians? Maybe other than the word alkaline, probably anything that places food into black or white categories or anything that ascribes moral value to food or the eating experience. So for example, good foods, bad foods, cheap meals, eating badly, or even junk food, I feel like is a little bit iffy. And there are a few reasons why we want to avoid placing food into black and white categories. So we're going to take you through six reasons today. Um, And I'm going to get started with reason number one. Placing food into good or bad categories ignores the big picture of health. So when we think about health, it doesn't really come down to whether you ate like a donut or a salad. What it really comes down to is, um, you know, the overall balance of your diet. But health involves so many other factors beyond just nutrition. You know, it includes relationships, self-care, stress management, hobbies, doing things that you enjoy and that um, provide value to your life. Um, And a lot of social events too will also involve food and eating. So that should be an enjoyable part of our life. Um, We want to think about nutrition more as an average across a week or a month, which gives us room to include nutritious foods and fun foods, as we like to call them. Yeah. And one of the second reasons as well that we you know, really want to avoid putting foods into good and bad categories is it really creates this black or white way of thinking. And more importantly, it creates food rules. And those food rules can be anything like, um, say, carbs are bad. Um, and then essentially a lot of these food rules are just completely unsustainable. You know, sure. Yeah, you may be may be able to go on like a carb-free diet for a couple of days a week even a couple of weeks maybe but eventually those carb cravings will come back or you'll just want to have some carbohydrates because maybe you're going out with your friends for breakfast and you're getting sourdough toast or you know maybe uh you've had you know a big night of drinking even and the biggest thing you want is maccas um and you know burgers come, come as part of maccas um but essentially what i'm trying to say is food rules are unsustainable and they're there as a well essentially they they become easy to break um and so when we kind of think about food in terms of these food rules or good or bad foods then as soon as we've broken these food rules then we feel an immense amount of guilt and shame about eating those foods um, which is not great for our mental or overall health so instead of kind of classifying foods as good or bad we want to kind of bring this flexibility into it that there's no good or bad foods Mm -hmm. yeah and 
leading into that, I'd say is reason number three, which is that um, having these food rules and those associated feelings of guilt or shame around certain foods can really actually start to create a lot of anxiety around eating certain foods. I mean, if you avoid a food for a period of time, it can cause you know anxiety when it comes to eating it again, especially if that's associated with those feelings of guilt and shame. And continuing, continuing to avoid it actually reinforces that anxiety. So Kia and I have both worked with clients where they've avoided foods for so long that we needed to do kind of this phased gradual exposure to these foods again in order to reduce levels of anxiety so that it could actually integrate these foods back into their diet. Um, so we always want to avoid getting to that place in the first place, which is to not place food into those black or white categories or um, to you know avoid them completely or say that they're off limits. And we also do have a podcast episode on addressing food fears, which we will put in the show notes. So the next thing that doing good or bad foods does for us is it really ascribes that moral value to food. So when we kind of classify food as good, we feel pretty good and confident about eating it. You know, we're like, yay, we're on our health journey. Um, and then as soon as we've eaten something we label bad, whether that's, you know, carbohydrates, pizza, a piece of bread, um, chocolate, you know, we feel a lot of shame and guilt about eating it. Um, but we also feel like we're a bad person. And that's something we really want to get away from. We want to get away from the fact that food has this immense uh, immense power to dictate how we feel about ourselves and our self-worth and our self-esteem um, food at the end of the day is morally neutral it's neither good or bad it's just it's just food it's just calories it's just macronutrients like proteins fats or carbohydrates when we look at food it doesn't matter if it's like an you know an apple like said you have you know only eight apples all day every day mm-hmm. that would problem yeah that would that wouldn't be very good for you either like that would be you know technically bad for your body right because you're not going to be getting that diverse range of micronutrients that you need you're probably not going to get enough, enough protein um but why don't we think of apples as bad you know it's because when we think about things we take them to you know the complete other end we're like oh chocolate you know if you ate chocolate you know the entire day that's all you ate every every single day yeah it's probably not going to be great for your body either but you know at the end of the day you're probably not eating it for every single meal every single day of your life you know and we don't need to think about things in terms of extremes you want to kind of bring that flexibility back in um and yet more importantly take away those food labels and yeah the fact that food can kind of you know let us dictate how we feel about ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah and Beyond all of that, it's pretty much impossible to lump foods into good or bad categories when we consider that nutrition is completely circumstantial. It is so dependent on the context in which we're eating that food. So for example, it's great to have a quick digesting carbohydrate like a bagel or some white bread, maybe with a bit of peanut butter before like an intense workout at the gym because you need quick digesting carbs with that are low in, you know, like fiber and fat so it doesn't sit in your stomach during your workout whereas later on in the day maybe you want to have lunch and there's going to be a little bit of a gap before you can eat again something like a whole grain slice of bread would be a little bit better in that context so um you know it's completely dependent on circumstances and even foods like you know chocolate or sweets or more of those energy dense foods can be really helpful in a lot of circumstances such as when someone is trying to 
gain weight in eating disorder recovery or it's an older person who's struggling to get enough you know calories in their diet from just having like toast in the morning right um yeah so short long story short it's completely circumstantial Mm -hmm. exactly and i think that that yeah that's all forms of nutrition right and i think You know, a lot of the things that I see on social media is people have this idea of what nutrition should look like. And it's a result of kind of, you know, what they've, uh, you know, their experiences in their life and their own health beliefs and and people and not everyone. I'm just saying this is kind of some people. They believe that everyone should be like that, Um, you know, and uh, certain kind of diet communities are, I, I believe, kind of more more like that than others like generally like you know we see that even in like kind of like the keto world for example like people who follow the keto diet um you know and in those kind of facebook communities they kind of believe that oh like you know everyone should be on the keto diet this is kind of the be all end all um you know it's you know it's the healthiest way to eat and like sure like that might work for you but that's not going to work for someone else, you know. Everyone's got different nutritional needs, and their yeah, their their food requirements are completely different. So, you know, don't compare yourself to other people, but also don't put your nutritional values onto other people either. Um, another thing about you know, kind of this good or bad foods is the idea that even being able to say that food is good and bad comes from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, it means that yes, you have access to foods that you know, you can see is morally higher than others. Like, for example, like um, a good example is actually organic food, right? Coming from that place, like everyone should eat organic food. It's the healthiest thing you can do. Um, You know, if you're not eating organic food, you're causing harm to yourself and your body. Like, look, that's great. Like, you know, if you can afford organic food by far, yes. You You do you. (laughs) You do you. Like, yeah, there's some evidence that pesticides can cause some issues, but not strong enough for us to ever say that everyone should have organic food. But, you know, sure, again, if you have the money to go get organic food, that's fine for you. But don't expect, you know, say Sally, who's a single mom caring for five children um, and, you know, doesn't have enough money to even cover school fees um to be able to spend seven dollars on a head of broccoli like Mm. you know it really kind of comes from that place of privilege so check your privilege when you're kind of um you know assessing whether these foods are good or bad yeah and we even have the existence of you know food deserts too in where there's certain like areas or locations where people don't have access to like you know fresh fruits and vegetables so for example rural australia mm-hmm. they can't necessarily make a fresh healthy salad mm-hmm. they might have to use um, pantry staples and from some you know sources on social media and the like that may be deemed unhealthy or um, not good enough but it's just fine you have to make do with the means that you have yeah again and like let's kind of unpack that example like say for example you could only eat canned canned vegetable Mm. as your only vegetable but because from all these people and social media and the likes you know uh canned vegetables are the worst thing you could possibly do for your health imagine if you had that mentality and that was all that was available that would mean again if you're kind of mentally associating eating canned vegetables as bad food then every single day you're going to feel bad and guilty and feel like you're not doing enough um just because of the fact that you can't eat fresh vegetables because at the end of the day it's not available for you Mm. or you Mm. might even avoid 
canned vegetables yeah. altogether, yeah. in which case you're not eating any vegetables. Yeah, so exactly. Mm. So, you know, nutrition is on a spectrum as well. And um, there's never one size fits all. And I think this is a thing we talk about all the time is, you know, uh, why, why also I hate doing standard meal plans as well. It's kind of like it, what works for one person doesn't work for the other person. And, you know, it's, I think one thing actually, and this is just going on a different tangent, um, that people don't realize about what we do as dietitians as well is we don't prescribe food just purely based on their, you know, medical need or medical condition or their goals. We take into consideration so many different factors, like their living situation, their shopping habits, um, their ability to cook different foods. Um, you know, there is so many different factors that influences people's nutrition day by day. Um, and so, you know, we want to include that, you know, flexibility with thinking and kind of, yeah, you know, th- there is no good, there is no bad. It's all on a spectrum. Um, you know, food is morally neutral. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to kind of uh, ask Meg, and she can ask yes. me, a couple of these frequently asked questions or criticisms that um, we hear uh, when we talk about good or bad foods. So I'm going to be the person that's pretending yeah, yeah. to ask this question. Ask away. Um, so you can't tell me that it's healthy to eat chocolate on a regular basis. All right. So let's start with defining healthy. So as we were talking about in point one, Health is more than just nutrition, you know, it's enjoyment, it's um, our relationships with people, much of which revolves around food. Um, And food, you know, chocolate is a source of joy and you should have joy in your life. Mm -hmm. So that can fit within your overall health. Um, And that being said, chocolate also contains antioxidants. It's got, you know, cacao in it which has some magnesium and iron, especially if it's a darker version, but even your regular chocolate is fine doesn't always have to be dark chocolate just because that has a few more nutrients in it you can eat the chocolate and enjoy it of course i'm not going to say to eat chocolate for every meal and snack but on a regular basis and this will look a little bit different for everyone it's completely fine to include it awesome glad (laughs) to hear that i can eat my chocolate yeah okay my turn so i'm going to ask you a frequently asked question The example we have is my doctor told me to not eat junk food because I have high cholesterol levels or insert other medical condition. I think this is a good one, right? Because again, it kind of even starts us thinking like, you know, either I'm having a a super healthy diet to help cholesterol levels or my current diet, even, you know, kind of viewing that as negative or bad. When we think about you know, diet patterns, especially for, um, you know, cholesterol levels, um, or other health conditions. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Like eating some processed foods, like your chocolates, cakes, biscuits can cause, um, them to increase. And I'm not going to say they're not, cause it's completely true. Some of the food that the nutrients that we find in those foods can are linked with increasing your cholesterol levels. However, it's about the frequency of it. You know, it's not, again, this all or nothing. We don't have to have a completely perfect diet because having, you know, these fun foods here and there aren't going to cause your cholesterol levels to increase. It's all about, yeah, if you had junk processed foods again all day, every single day, yeah, probably your cholesterol levels are going to increase. But If we think about the majority of your diet might be whole foods like fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, dairy, dairy alternatives, grains, you know, and you still have some fun foods here and there. 
that's enough to reduce your cholesterol levels. You don't have to limit absolutely everything in your diet to kind of bring those levels down. And what that looks like for one person might be different for another person as well. You know, some people, you know, can keep their cholesterol levels in check with having like quite quite a bit of fun foods other people might not be able to tolerate that much it's you know about working what it's going to it's about figuring out what's going to work for you Uh, but it's also about figuring out you know does that even align with your values and i know we talk about health all the time and you know for us we, we kind of refer to health as a lot of the time like you know eating kind of nice healthy nutritious foods um mostly whole foods etc and that's important to well i'd say me like eating kind of foods like that um, with having my fun foods as well, but eating that sort of stuff and being kind of quote unquote healthy isn't important for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and like for you, say you get a lot of joy out of eating, you know, Maccas and KFC or fun foods, whatever they are, you know, on a, like multiple times a day, every single day. And that sparks you joy and you don't really want to change that. Um, but yeah, you have high cholesterol levels and your doctor says you need to reduce them at the end of the day. You've got to do what works for you. And if mm-hmm. health isn't part of your value system and you don't really mind that your cholesterol levels are high, I would argue that that's not that bad of a thing. Like doing what's important to, you know, you and your your values is more important. Like say, for example, you were eating more nutritious, healthy foods every single day and you completely hated your life as, as a result of that. You know, I would kind of say that would be a bit more detrimental as well because, mm. you know... It's about you to make that individual choice with health and with reducing your cholesterol levels. And that's different. Um, That's different from person to person. Yeah. As health professionals, Mm -hmm. our job is to support you with Mm -hmm. where you're at and what's important to you. So it's not really appropriate for us to assume that you care about health as much as we do or Mm -hmm. for us to place an agenda on Mm -hmm. you. Um, It always comes back to you as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... And I think, again, you know, talking about where I think people, I guess, don't realize that of us as dietitians is that as well. Like, yeah, like I think people um, come in and they're like, oh, my dietitian's going to tell me exactly what to do um, for, you know, whatever X condition. But at the end of the day, no, we don't really do that. Um, you know, we listen to you. We understand your goals, not our goals. You know, what do you want to achieve? Um, and we kind of work with you where you're at and on what you want to achieve mm. small steps yeah bit of a segue but that was great i loved yeah. <laughs> the answer to that question and i feel way more confident about going about my daily life looking after my cholesterol levels now um we've got one more question yes i'm gonna ask you okay. um okay so i thought gluten was inflammatory doesn't that make it a bad food mm-hmm. so context dependent right so first we'll start with where did that info come from and we can say that if you don't have celiac disease, gluten is fine. Some, like a very, very small segment of the population has non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Some people with autoimmune conditions may have issues with it, but again, it's a very small percentage of the, uh, percentage of the population. So if you're just part of the general population, gluten is fine. Um, and even if it was you know, inflammatory for someone with celiac, it still doesn't make it a bad food because that's assigning moral value. Um, and so, you know, if a person with celiac gets accidentally glutened, doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they must avoid gluten at all costs. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the same with any sort of foods you have allergies to. Yeah. 
look, if you're anaphylactic to peanuts, probably shouldn't have peanuts. Um, But again, like if you accidentally eat peanuts, it doesn't make you a bad person at all. You know, it's you're not a bad person for accidentally eating the peanut. Um, And sometimes I know people with celiac disease do want to eat gluten as well. Yes, we know that, again, technically, from our perspective, again... Do you have to advise against it? Do you have to advise against it because it does affect your lining of your intestine and damage it significantly. But, again, if that's not important to you and not a value, like health isn't that important to you, then that's okay. You have a right to make that decision. You have a complete right to make that decision and, Mm -hmm. yeah, eat gluten as well. Um, but again, yeah, like you said, it doesn't make it a bad food, just makes it probably not the most ideal food for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that's the wrap up. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys have all enjoyed another episode of the Embody Health podcast. Don't forget to uh, follow us on social media at Embody Health and leave leave us a rating and review on the podcast episode if you've loved all of our stuff. Um, and don't forget to join our Facebook so you can chat with the community. All right, thanks folks. Bye.